welcome to the Out of Ink podcast with myself, B. Baranowska and Molly Lemon. This is the podcast where two anxious creatives talk openly and honestly about life as an artist. I can't remember the last time we recorded, it feels like ages ago, but I think it was after I'd got back from Devon, but before you'd gone to Scotland. It is ages ago because we did loads of pre-records in in preparation for us being away. Hmm. And then, yeah, missed last week. Oh, we, yeah, we must apologise for not releasing an episode last week. We we failed, but we're back, so that's all that matters. Yeah, it's a lot of work when you haven't pre-recorded them, doing them every week. And just sometimes yeah. weeks are busier than others, you know. But we're here this week, and that's all that matters. Here with 100% enthusiasm <laughs> and all the things to share. I mean, I don't really know... If, I don't have much of an update on my life. Scotland was lovely. And now I'm back here. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) what a roundup. It's difficult. I can't really... It would take too long to sum up Scotland, but it was just a lovely holiday. Margot experienced her first ever ferry and her first Mm. ever boat cruise. She became quite the water dog. She hates water, but she's okay because she wasn't in the water. She was just observing. Lovely. Mm. I'm glad. Mm. By the way, if you can hear in the background a uh, strimmer, it's just because the whole town has come alive today because it's like a sunny autumn day. Everyone's like, we must tidy the garden It's a really nice day today. To be fair, I was thinking I should fill my garden bin while it's this sunny garden bin oh like garden waste bin do you not have a garden waste bin no we have a big pile of stuff in the garden (laughs) yeah well some of it goes in the compost but some of it is obviously too big to go in the compost this is boring wow i'm cutting this out (laughs) (laughs) we've reached new lows of boring there do you know how i know it's autumn Mm. we've got rats in the house Oh, not, not not the classic, you know, leaves falling off the trees is a bit cold. No, it's when the nights get a little bit cold and the rats go, let's go in now. <laughs> I don't understand how they get into your house because you've got quite a new build house and mm. you don't have any cracks really. And like you said to me recently, you don't really get spiders and spiders are so much smaller than rats. So yeah. what's happening here? Well, we did go round to the neighbours today and take off the drain pipe to see if we could see any holes, but we can't really. We're not Mm. sure how they get in, but we just know they're in because (laughs) we can hear them. And um, can you have you seen them? No. Okay. So they could be mice. No, because so loud. And also, when mice die, they smell for a bit. And then it goes, when rats die, it's about four weeks. And I know this because it's happened twice. And we've only lived here four years. Right. I do need to see proof. I need to see a a picture of one of your rats, I think. Okay, I'll put the wildlife camera out for you. Mm, Do that. And then you'll see. Because because it's so easy for mice to get into houses. Yeah, but mice are a lot quieter. You you don't understand the noise. I do understand. Because my parents have had mice forever. And Mm. they are really loud. Mm. They are louder than you'd think. But it's rats. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, should we move on to the anxiety scale? This week's anxiety scale is takeaways. Okay, I've based my scale on the fact that I don't have access... What was it? Well, 
It's it's te- takeaway orders because there aren't ten different types of takeaway, are there? What's the difference between takeaways and takeaway orders? Well, like you could really hate one curry and that could be your number one, and you could really love a curry and that could be your number ten. Okay, I've just done mine as takeaways, but you can do yours as takeaway oh. orders. That's fine. I'll give you my full order. Okay, great. <laughs> it is so loud here. There's no way this. Cha- I think it's a chainsaw is not showing up in the audio. I can't hear it. Anyway, you okay. interrupt me. Right. Sorry. Uh, okay, I've based my scale on the fact that I don't have access to Deliveroo. So if I did have access to Deliveroo, this this would be different. Other delivery companies are available. If I lived in Bath, mm. Deliveroo could like deliver me Wagamamas, which would be my life complete. <laughs> How do you pronounce Wagamamas? You said Wagamamas. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but I'm definitely going to call it that from now on. Anyway, there are only about five places that I live close enough to Mm. that will deliver to me. And I have done my scale based on those. So it is limited. (laughs) What? Okay. That's that's okay. It's realistic because it's the only takeaways I I could have. Okay. Number 10. Best day ever. Lovely, lovely day. It's an Indian... Hmm. Um, and seeing as you put me on the spot and I have to choose a meal, yeah. I will choose a paneer sog. Mm. Lovely. And then number one really bad day. I just wrote kebabs because there's a place down the road that sells like really dirty, greasy kebabs and horrible. Hmm. I agree. Horrible. Yeah. And then... I voted myself today at a five. What takeaway do you think that could be? A pizza. A pizza would be lower than a five, purely because I like pizza, but I am such a firm believer that takeaway pizza is the biggest waste of money in the whole world. That's horrible, yeah. Because they charge you like £22, and it's like I could go to Sainsbury's and spend £5 Mm -hmm. and buy a really nice pizza that... I just cook myself, and that takes ten minutes to cook. Mm. Um, no, I've put Chinese. I don't love Chinese, but I don't hate Chinese, and we don't get it very often, mainly because we always get Indian if we mm. get a takeaway. I don't have a meal option for that because I don't get it enough to give you one. Chow mein. Okay. Chow mein. There you go. That leads me on nicely to my best day ever, number ten, which is chow mein. Yeah, veggie chow mein. <laughs> <laughs> but with that crispy seaweed with the sugary brown stuff on the I top. L- I love crispy seaweed. Oh, I love lovely, it. it. Yeah, it is lovely. That's definitely my number 10. And then um, number one, a lamb mm. kebab. We're on the same page. <laughs> oh, this is good, yeah. Yeah, I've never had one, but I don't want one. And no. yeah, horrible. And today I am unable to read my own writing. Um, I am a Beyond no, yeah, like a McPlant burger from McDonald's, which is also a Beyond burger. Can you get a takeaway of that? Yeah, McDonald's is a takeaway, like your drive-through. Oh, and, and they also you... do Uber Eats and and delivery. As in, you've had to go and collect it yourself. But also, but... you can have it delivered to your house. I can't. Okay, but I didn't do it based on where you live. Okay, okay, well, you should have. Okay, um, I think you'd rate that quite high. Because I, I, the McPlant burger is quite nice. Maybe a six? I have put it at a seven. Wow. And it would have been a ten. 
But McDonald's are very unethical and therefore it's dropped three places. <laughs> so if if anyone always gets the normal, what's it called? A normal burger at McDonald's. Just like a burger burger. A burger burger. Mm. Um, then you should try a McPlant just once because it tastes just as nice and, you know, it's a bit more ethical. Tastes the same, really. The Beyond Burgers are so meaty. Yeah, I like, love them. Yeah, mm. they're good. But McDonald's need to be better and therefore they can't be at the top of my scale. I'm impressed you're a seven today because you've had, like, the world's most stressful week. But it's got less stressful today. Is it? Have you finished now? Nearly. Basically, I've been packing orders since Saturday, and it is now Thursday. And when I say since then, I mean I haven't had a single evening. The only time I've sat down is to eat, and been working all the hours. Mm. So, yeah. But no, that's fine. I feel recovered Good. Good. Um, this week, we are talking about imposter syndrome... Not to be confused with the topic we've already discussed, which was... Confidence. But it really is to be confused, because I think they are very similar. They are similar things. But imposter syndrome is a real thing, and we're going to focus purely on that. And we do get some very interesting questions. Thank you for sending those in. Mm -hmm. Can I just say, I really hate the term imposter syndrome. I don't know why, but I've always hated it. I dislike it a lot. I was going to ask you why, but you said you don't know why, so... I just think it... Because I think as everyone always says, like, oh, like, I've got imposter syndrome, but I just think everyone's got imposter syndrome, and maybe it's just been said too much. So I thought, let's do an episode on it and say it even more. Okay. Is people buying your products proof you're not an imposter? Uh, no, because... Anyone could buy anything. Yeah, it, although that make, it sounds mean, like, just because someone buys your art doesn't mean it's any good. No, no, that's not what we mean, though. We just mean, like, just because someone has bought something from you, mm. that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel like you're mm. not an imposter. Yeah, because when people buy something from me... I think I feel worse because I think, oh gosh, what they've made a mistake. Like, am I good enough? Am I worth the money? Like, it adds to my imposter syndrome. I think if it was that simple and all you had to do was sell something, no one would have imposter syndrome. So, Mm. yeah, it's a difficult one. Mm. It can be, like, validation if you're worrying about the fact that your work isn't good enough to sell and then you sell something and then, then that might make you feel better. So, in a way, it might help. Yeah, I do get that if you're not selling anything or you've released something and it doesn't sell, that would really trigger imposter syndrome for a lot of people. Hmm. Um, do you stop having imposter syndrome as you become an accomplished artist? No. No. I don't think it goes away that easily. No, I think, like, personally, it, for me it's got worse <laughs> over time because I think... Because maybe my confidence is up a bit, but I think... When you're, like, feeling exposed, you feel imposter syndrome more, and then the, the more people seeing your work, then the more you you might feel like you're not worthy of that attention. Yeah, that's a difficult question. Mm, I feel like it's really hard topic because I, like, I'm so in it, like, I'm so feeling it, mm. that I, like, I, I, maybe because it's a bit worse at the moment, I don't know about you. Why is your imposter syndrome worse, though? Because you had, you just had a... You know, you've just released some really lovely new things and you had a really successful release as well. For me, my imposter syndrome is worse 
mm. five five release products and then as you say it's not very successful I don't sell very many and then I end up thinking hmm imposter syndrome sinking in mm, well I think whenever like I've heard a few messages from people over the last couple of days saying like thanks so much for my order but when I see a message pop up like that I think oh my god they hate it like they're complaining <laughs> something's gone wrong like the the thought that I've sent so many things out there into the world I'm thinking think how many people are unhappy with what you've sent them like there's that like I feel that so strongly more than I've done well like it mm. gives me more anxiety because I feel really exposed by it. It is very scary because like things do go wrong that are out of your control. But then, then you feel bad about it. So, example, someone will message and say, "Oh, my print got has been folded, or it's got water damage. I don't know something." And then mm. that's not your fault because that's happened when you've posted it. But it does leave you feeling bad because you feel like that customer's got a bad experience from you. Mm, yeah but also like designing a product and maybe it looked better in the photo and it turned up and it looked a bit crap you know I just just feel that like I always like we've talked about before like I always try and make my photos make things look worse so that you know but you take really nice photos (sighs) yeah you need um, to tone it down (laughs) you need to you need to buy like an old Nokia phone take them on that yeah <laughs> uh okay. How do you deal with the amount of self-promotion to be successful? I I hate self-promotion. It, it's absolutely the worst. I hate talking mm. about myself. I hate talking about myself to other people the most. Mm. And that's probably the most important part of self-promotion as an artist and it's horrible. I agree. It doesn't feel very easy. It feels much easier to talk about what's gone wrong and what you don't like. I feel so big-headed being like, look at all this amazing stuff I've mm. made. It's amazing. You should buy it. Like, mm. And then I feel like I ha- I'm having to validate it. Obviously, you have to have confidence in your own work because you want people to buy it. You don't post something online and go, this is horrible. <laughs> you, yeah. shouldn't, you shouldn't buy this. I didn't spend any time on this and it's really bad value for money. But it's really difficult. It's really, really difficult talking yourself mm. up. And you have to. You have to do it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> My brain's gone blank. I've got imposter syndrome thinking I not good enough to talk about imposter syndrome i've got imposter syndrome thinking should we be making a podcast <laughs> are, we good <laughs> yeah. a- are we good enough to be making a podcast oh, i think that all the time like the audacity of you to think people want to listen to you like i think that every tuesday when we have to share it i'm like oh i don't want to share this i don't want to talk about this oh i've posted it now i can forget about it some episodes are worse than others but yeah it's a bit much isn't it <laughs> it's, it's so much <laughs> oh dear we're just gonna like unravel in this episode it might be our last ever episode because we'll just realize we've got too much imposter syndrome to continue talking about imposter syndrome has nearly put me at kebab like (laughs) (laughs) i've dropped six places oh no usually the podcast cheers you up that's so sad oh well sorry about that no it's okay (laughs) okay let's move on that was that was a tricky question um (laughs) Uh, so this question, mm. when I was typing out the questions, lots of people asked this question in various different ways. It was the most mm. popular question, and it mm-hmm. is, how do you get over imposter syndrome? 
And I just think I don't have the answer to that. If we had the answer to that, we wouldn't have imposter syndrome. Yeah, and also I think it's like a natural part of being human and it makes you, like, you're self-aware and you're trying to better yourself and you're looking at others and then looking at you and I think if you're not doing that in life then you're probably not being a very good person. Yeah, if you're too confident, if you're overconfident and you think mm. you've you, you kind of completed life in a way. Mm. <laughs> my work that's doesn't, not a good sign. No, like my work doesn't need to be any better. I don't need any more sales. I'm perfect. Then yeah. you're probably not. Yeah, I just think the problem is like we're both, we both feel imposter syndrome but we still put ourselves out there and we pursue what we want to do. Whereas I think if yeah. it's so bad that it's limiting you and you're not pushing yourself, then you need to really work on it because then you're going to be closing yourself off to opportunities. This leads on really well to the next question, which is Mm -hmm. how do you start offering your art for sale if imposter syndrome is holding you back? Mm. Which I can imagine if you're starting out and you've never sold anything before, yeah, that's a really scary place to be, to take Mm. that leap, to, to start selling your work. I've got really bad advice, which would be to put it on really cheap and get a few sales and feel good about it and then put your prices up. I wouldn't say that's necessarily bad <laughs> advice. You definitely feel better about yourself, don't you? Because I remember I remember my first ever Etsy sale. Mm. And I had one sale and then I had, like, nothing for six months or something. Mm. But that one sale, I was like, wow, somebody wanted to buy this. Like, yeah. maybe I should list more products. And it just really it does give you a boost so I think that's quite good advice like don't obviously don't undersell yourself deliberately maybe you could just list a card and then you know that's cheap anyway and then you could sell that and then you could go okay somebody likes that card maybe I could sell that design as a print and you can just work your way up to scarier things yeah if if to get over your imposter syndrome you need to sacrifice a, a bit of the value of your work to get a few sales under your belt then I think it's worth it hmm I think so Is there a relation between imposter syndrome and artist's block? Yeah, I feel like imposter syndrome is a lot about feeling self-conscious because Mm. I think you feel it when lots, you feel like lots of people are judging you and looking at you. So I think when you're feeling like that and vulnerable and low in confidence, you're not going to be that inspired. So definitely I would say so. I think as, as anxious people, we are probably always more prone to have imposter syndrome anyway. Mm. I was thinking about how probably your personality and the type of person that you are affects how badly you suffer with it. But going back going back to the question, yeah, I agree with you. I think there's got to be a correlation. Because if I have really bad sales on a new product or something, I don't instantly think, I want to spend more money and buy new stuff and create new work because I thought, I think, well, nobody wanted that, so why would they want my new stuff? So then you you can very easily get stuck in a rut. Mm. I feel like going back to you saying creatives might have it more, I think it's probably true because it's a very visual thing. Like to create, you can see other people's work. Whereas in maybe other forms of work, you can't see things. So Mm. You can't see how well a lawyer's doing can you because although then they'd be winning cases i guess it's not like a physical thing though they're not putting out new work and you're not being able to see how good it is and feel really jealous and it's more subjective art so you're always second guessing is that good because there's no right and wrong yeah i don't know what i saw on instagram today but i looked at it and i thought that's way better than mine just constantly having other people's work put in front of you and constantly feeling 
like it, you're not as good that's so horrible i hate that and i especially hate it like the seeing work is one thing but it's especially difficult seeing people say how many sales they've had mm. like when you're you might you might not have sold that much and then you think why do why are they doing better than mm. me that's that's really difficult i mean we don't want to turn this into instagram part three <laughs> but in, <laughs> instagram is not a kind place no if you're feeling vulnerable it's 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 a dangerous place to go but like that I felt that this week when I had quite a lot of sales and I knew not to post I, I don't like posting I never have posted a big stack of you know all my orders going that's, going the, one, that's the one I mean yeah yeah but then I did go I've been packing orders for days so it's obviously clear I've got a lot of orders so then I was feeling oh should I have done that that's going to make people feel bad Mm. It's like a minefield of trying not to be affected by the people and also trying not to affect other people. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Also, mm. congratulations on reaching 100,000 followers on Instagram this week. Thank you. I didn't acknowledge that on Instagram. I thought there's no way to mention that without sounding like an idiot. So I Molly won't. is a really difficult person to be really close friends with because she's so successful no. with Instagram and she makes me feel like my little Instagram no. account, which literally grows it's by like little, five followers a week. It's not a little Instagram account. I just... It is. It, it is. Like... I can tell you though, I woke up two days ago and yes, I had over 100,000 followers, but I feel no different. And my brain has been telling me, are you sure they're actually following you? They don't want to follow you. They're going to unfollow you. They like <laughs> My brain hasn't been going, well done, Molly. It's been going like, what's happening? You're not good enough. So yeah. That's imposter syndrome. Yeah. <gasps> We've tied it back round. We've come out of Instagram. We've but tied it back round. Going back to Instagram part three, I, I honestly, when I reached 50,000 followers, which I know is a lot, I stopped caring about how many. And I always thought I wouldn't, like, I always thought I will never stop striving for more followers. But actually, after 50, I was really content and I don't actually care anymore. And I also mm. thought if Instagram deletes itself, it's not going to be the end of the world. And I used to think it would be. So things do get better, I think. That's good. But I realised I had to get to 50,000 to get to that place and I might not if I hadn't, so I do get that it's stressful and awful and, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, ha- I have, the thing is, because ha- people have been a bit mean to me on Instagram this week, I'm, I don't want, I don't want that. That does, yeah, that does tend to happen the more followers you have because then, you know, you collect a few trolls along with the nice people. <laughs> and, and, like, the one, the one horrible lady that was horrible to me... <laughs> She, like, ruined half of my day, and it's not oh. worth having that many followers for someone to affect your day. Anyway, I won't go into no. trolls, but... Sorry, sorry. I feel like I've hit a nerve there. Well... <laughs> you can cut this out if you like. I've gone to a minus one. I'm past a kebab, okay? <laughs> what's, what's, worse than a, what's worse than a kebab? It's the bin outside the kebab shop. Oh. You know, like the old kebabs, I guess. Yeah. The takeaway bins. That's what I'm at. Is there any more questions? There's only one more question. Don't worry, we're nearly over. I feel like this is a really... I can't take any more. I feel like it's quite a horrible topic. (laughs) Do you think imposter syndrome is more prevalent with those that are Mm self-taught? I would say so. You've not got the validation of being taught by, like, a master or someone knows what they're doing. Hmm. Do you think that means, like, if you don't have a qualification in something? Oh, yeah. I'm sure, like, I have a degree, but I'm sure if, if I didn't, I'd feel... I shouldn't, but I'd feel like, I don't know, unqualified. I'm always pleased that I 
went to university and did a degree. But I Mm. do have moments where I think, could I be doing this career and have not gone to university? And the answer is probably yes. Mm. But maybe, yeah, maybe I would feel more of an imposter because I have absolutely no qualifications you could be doing what you're doing without going Mm, to university yeah because i didn't learn any of it at uni so i i i definitely don't think people should feel that because there's way more to life than formal education what was the question (laughs) do you think imposter syndrome is more prevalent with those that are self-taught oh yeah yeah um yes (laughs) i mean (laughs) i feel so broken i feel like i personally with wood engraving rather than actual formal art education like I was taught it for a day and then I went off on my own for a bit and then I was think twice more for two evening classes Mm. I was taught it um so I don't know like that's really impressive that's not that's not a lot of time is it for to be no so I definitely have felt like an imposter to the wood engraving community I'd say but I do think even if you were like went to I don't know the best uni in the world and studied from the best artist in the world you'd probably still feel it yeah because i think artists are always second guessing themselves and that's what makes them good artists just comes with the profession it comes hand in hand you can't be an artist without being you know slightly anxious (laughs) bit of imposter (laughs) syndrome it just it comes together you gotta take it as it comes I think the thing we all need to remember is we all fail imposter syndrome. Mm. So, as your top says, you are not alone. Yeah, I'm wearing my own design, which <laughs> maybe I shouldn't because... No, that's that's ridiculous, you do, should. Do you want to see something else as well? Self-promotion. Pu- can I just say I'm pulling up my jumper so B can see underneath. I have a t-shirt on. What does it say, B? <laughs> same design but on a t-shirt that's great though because if you're too hot you, you can still portray the same message to the world i didn't you know? realize i was wearing them both together but i look like a maniac like obviously you don't know because it's not obvious but the, the fact oh, i really enjoyed that <laughs> oh god it's because i got dressed in the dark and there's like because i've been so busy there's a sea of clothes by my bed and i grabbed what looked like a jumper which was a jumper I also I specifically like that they had this exact same colour as well. So it's like just that one has sleeves. Why don't we do that more though? If we want a certain look, yeah. have it in your jumper and your t shirt and then if you're hot you can still match with your skirt. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Great, yeah. Maybe you should start a, a new clothing business. There's something in that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, even though we're not worthy of your time. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thank you for continuing to support our little podcast dream that we quite often feel anxious about Mm. and worry about putting out into the world. But you validate us by continuing to support us and you can support us further by listening, subscribing (laughs) and reviewing us on your favourite podcast app. And we will be back next week with a special guest. Very exciting. Yeah, so our mm. second guest of the series. Yeah. And uh, we, won't give, we won't give anything away. You'll have to wait and see who it is. <laughs>